Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. get into today. I'm, I'm so excited about um, talking about today. And I cannot tell you, there's probably not any teaching that, that I've done during this process that has stepped on my own toes quite as much as today, um, to be quite honest. And so, uh, so I'm excited because um, I think we should get excited when God steps on our toes. Um, I, I think we have to get past the place where we're like, Oh, woe is me. And, you know, do the whole, I'm Catholic and I beat my breast and I'm terrible and all this. And there's a place for that sometimes to be humble. But there's also this place where we go, thank you, God, for correcting me. Because a good parent corrects a child, correct? You know, and that's, and that's what I'm hoping God kind of does. And so we've been in a series uh, called Those People. Anybody have any of those people in your life? Anyone? Anybody? Okay, a couple people. Everybody else, you're, you're living in Mr. Bluebird on your shoulder, apparently. But the rest of us have those people in our lives. And it's those people that are hard to deal with. It's those people that are a, a real pain in the bootay, right? Any, anybody got anybody? Don't look at them. I'm just asking if you do, right? The, the reality that there are those people. And so we started, um, first week, we talked about overly needy people. And dealing with people that can be kind of a black hole of, of emotion and a black hole of energy to try to deal with and help. And we talked about the difference between relief and restoration. And if you didn't see that, go back and watch it. Last week, um, boy, did I get a lot of response from last week uh, from a lot of you guys talking about the idea of manipulation. Uh, how many of you would be honest enough to say last week you kind of had just as much of your own issue of I'm a manipulator? Like... Yeah, um, as I did. Yeah, and, and so that is really kind of, I think, what God's doing in the series. It's not only that we learn to deal with other people, it's also that we look in the mirror and recognize our own stuff, right? And, and we're going to do that today. We're going we're gonna to do that, both of those today. And, and, and take a moment, hypocrisy, right? The number one thing, the number one thing that a non-believer will say about the church is what? It's filled with hypocrites. Right? It's said over and over and over again. 
right? Well, I'd go to church, but they're all just hypocrites. I was somewhere Friday night talking to someone and he said to me something about the church and hypocrites. And I had to do everything not to laugh, you know, as I was listening, because I was thinking about this morning and thinking about this whole process of, of what that looks like. And, and so I was thinking about, I thought, you know, from now on, I really think what we should do is if somebody says, yeah, I don't want to go because the church is full of hypocrites. I think we should say, we have plenty of room for one more. Yes, we are. And come on down, big boy. You're the next contestant on the church is right. Right. I mean, like, come on, come on down. Cause, cause we all are. We all are to some extent. We struggle with being real. So what is a hypocrite? Let's start there. What's a hypocrite? When the Bible uses the word hypocrite, especially in the New Testament, the word in the Greek is hypocrites. Hupokrites. And what it refers to, some of you guys may have studied in the school, you may remember, in Greek theater, they would have masks that they would hold. You ever seen a picture like that where they'll hold the happy face and then they'll hold the sad face? And then, this is, this is where the term comes from. The, the term comes from holding something in front of me that is really not who I am, but I'm acting as though it is. Right? It's, 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 it's an actor. It's a play actor. It's from Greek theater. And Jesus, listen to me, Jesus was never soft on hypocrisy. Right? Matter of fact, let me read this out of Matthew 15, 7 and 8. It says, you hypocrites. Now, for those of you who think Jesus was like, you know, sweet love and happiness, like you got this Jerry Garcia Jesus thing going on. Those are, that's a Grateful Dead reference if you don't know who that is. Right, but the, the, listen. The, the, the reality that we're kind of like, well, Jesus was always ca-. no, 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 no. Every once in a while, Jesus just gave it like it was, right? And in this moment, he says, "You hypocrites!" Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. So he refers back to an Old Testament prophet. Says this prophet testified uh, testified about the way you were going to act, and here's what he said: These people honor me with their what? But their hearts are far from me. In other words, you talk the talk, but you don't walk the walk, right? That's exactly what this is. They can say all Christian, uh, the, the, you, you can hear somebody say all the Christian sayings, right? You can say all the right things. You can come here on Sunday morning. Come on, it is really easy. All, all you need is about maybe two years in the church. I'm going to say about two years of the church and you can get down the words. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. Right? I, I'm, I'm, God is so good to me. I just felt anointed all week long. Like, like we can say all of the church words. We can do that. We can come in here and, and smile and pretend, but it's hypocrites. It's a, it's a mask. It's a, I put something on it's the guy who goes to work and claims that he's a Christian, but he cusses all the time and tells dirty jokes and makes comments about the ladies that are inappropriate. That's it's hypo- hypocrisy. It's the Christian kid who goes to school and at the youth group, they're worshiping and doing their thing, but they're cheating on the test or they're partying on the weekend. That's hypocrisy. It's the guy who, boy, is full of spiritual talk. You ever met around somebody who they, they, they'll sing really loud so everyone can hear them sing? And they'll make these, praise the Lord, brother. Right? And make these kind of comments. But with that same mouth, they're verbally abusive to their spouse at home. That's hypocrisy. Right? That, that's not who we're called to be. Or it's the lady. 
right? The great church lady, you know, who never misses church and never misses an opportunity to tell you how you should pray for Sally because of what she's doing. That's called gossip. That's hypocrisy. And so the reality, listen to me, Jesus did not play. And so now we are put in this place because you and I are going to deal with these kind of people. Yes? Agreed? Right? Like this is going to happen. So how? <laughs> like, how, how do we do this in a healthy way that glorifies God? How do we do this in a way that, that, that makes it to where God is glorified in our behavior with them when we're looking at them and going, you, you're a jerk. <laughs> or you're so phony. Or you're so silly. I mean, these are the thoughts that are going. And, and, and so I had this thought, like, some of us go, that's none of my business. Right? And we go one way. And then some of us go, you are a hypocrite. And like there's, to me, it's like these two extremes. Really? Because we don't know how to deal with it. Or we'll do the passive until it drives us crazy enough. And then we'll explode. Anybody else? Is that just me? (laughs) Right? And so it's either non-confrontational or in-your-face confrontational that we tend to do. Two extreme responses to um, hypocritical people. One response being the passive, right? Tolerance is the idea of our culture right now, right? Tolerance is the buzzword. Here's another buzzword, discrimination. You cannot discriminate against someone. Can Can I read you a definition real quick? Here's the definition of discrimination. Recognize and understand the differences between one thing and another. So our culture is telling us we are no longer supposed to recognize the difference between one thing and another. No, that's not a bike. That's a Toyota. That's, that's dumb is what that is. But listen to me. You've got to hear this idea of tolerance and discrimination has pushed us to this place especially as believers where we feel like we're supposed to be passive right like we're supposed to be like jesus and you're so wonderful and he just loves you just like you are it doesn't matter how much you sin he loves you that's not true he loves them but he cares about their sin do you hear me he wants something to be dealt with in that reality but the other side is we can't be the church people that, oh my gosh, the church people. Whoo, uh, I, I could tell you guys so many stories about Jen and I living in the fish bubble of being a pastor. And I remember the one time that I got called into the pastor's office and um, they were like, we need to have a conversation. It was the pastor and the executive pastor there. So I'm going, what's going on here? And they go, look, um, there's a problem because... Three ladies in the church saw your wife beating your kids. I said, really? With what? I wish I'd have seen that. No, I didn't say that, but that's what I thought. And I, and I said, what are, you, what are you talking about? Describe to me what, what are you talking about? Well, and now it changed. No, they didn't see them. They saw them coming out of the bathroom and their legs were black. The words were black and blue all up and down their legs. And I'm like, really? Because I have never seen my girls get black and blue like that. Just never seen it happen quite like that. I said, I tell you what. And I was young and rebellious and hot-headed more than I am now. So I'm not telling you this is the greatest response. I'm just telling you what I did. Okay? 
So I looked at him and said, it's called 1-800-ABUSE. It's the hotline. Call if you think there's a problem. And I walked out. Listen, because there's three ladies who were church ladies who decided they were going to get their nose in somebody else's business and gossip and cause problems. Like, this is a problem that we have, right? And so we're one extreme or the other. We're either passive or with this hyper-aggressive, nitpicking confrontation with love. Let me give you something to hold on to. It's in your notes there. It's a filling. Truth without grace is mean. Truth without grace is mean. Grace without truth is meaningless. It requires both. Just because you're right doesn't mean you say it the right way. Just because you're right doesn't give you the ability to yell or degrade or put down. Listen to me. If you're right and you're talking to a Christian brother or sister, we'll get to that in a second. You have a responsibility to not be passive. There's a place that we've got to find in there where we actually get into and deal with this. Do we correct? Here's a good question for you. Do we correct non-believers? If you've got a non-believer who's acting in a way that we say that's not very Christian, is it our job to correct them? The answer is no. If you've got a non-Christian who's acting in a non-Christian way, guess what? That's what non-Christians do. Our job is not to correct the non-Christian. Our job is to love them towards Jesus. On the other hand, we do have a responsibility to correct other believers. In Galatians 2, Paul confronts Peter about his hypocrisy over circumcision. You can read that yourself. It's Matthew 6, Jesus calls out hypocrisy for making a show of everything. And so I want to walk through today because we've got to find some middle ground. Because we're not allowed to be passive, and yet we're also not allowed to not love, right? Grace and truth. Grace and truth. Not one or the other, but both. And here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you right now in your heart to take a moment and stop being arrogant. Because we are. Because we think we already know. And what I'm going to ask you to do is will you humble yourself for the next few minutes and say, Holy Spirit, will you work on my heart in the way that I look at this, in the way that I respond to this scenario, right? Because we don't get, no one gets up in the morning and goes, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to blow it today. Nobody does that, right? No, nobody gets up with the idea of I am going to so screw up my marriage today. It's going to be amazing. Nobody does that. But listen to me. But we are at a place where we are practicing behaviors that we need to consider and look in the mirror. Does that, does that make sense? So let's talk about hypocrisy. And let's start, first of all, with Matthew 18. Matthew 18. Verse 15 through 17. It says this. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. Ooh. That's, that's not an option, is it? But it refers specifically to your brother and sister. Not to a non-believer, right? But let's go forward. Let's go on. Just between the two of you. Listen to me. No, that doesn't mean you get to go talk to your spouse. But we share everything. No, you don't. Shut up. (laughs) Listen to me. This is the word of God. 
We don't go against the word of God. If somebody sins or somebody sins against you or somebody offends you, our job is to go to that person. Right? Our job is to go to that person. Listen, if they listen, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along with you. Now, (laughs) let's read into this a little bit. That doesn't mean that I take two other people that hate this person. Come on. I don't go get my posse and we come with our bats. No, that's not the idea here, right? The idea here is, hey, look, we need to address. In other words, let me give you a perfect example. So I have a men's group on Thursday night. And I'm telling you right now, if one of those men this week decided he was going to walk out on his wife, I'd be calling the rest of those men. After I confronted him, if they didn't respond, I'd call the rest of those men and we'd show up at his front door and say, we need to have a conversation. Right? Because that's an accountability that we're supposed to have towards one another. Listen to what it says. But if they will not listen, take one or two along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three. If they refuse to listen... Tell it to the church. Listen, we're already going, what? Why? Because we have so bought into the idea of tolerance. We've so bought into the idea, and and this culture especially, and millennials listen to me, and young people listen to me, because you're getting programmed. You're getting programmed to not deal with these kind of things in this way. You're getting programmed to say, that's none of my business. And listen to me, if it's a believer, if it's your brother and sister in Christ, it is all your business. It is why you are left here. After you accept Jesus, they don't just zap you up to heaven. He leaves you here because we're supposed to... Remember the whole... We love to say the words. Here we go. They honor me with their lips, but not with their hearts or what they do. We love to say the words, iron sharpens iron. But what does that mean? That is a painful, almost violent process, right? For iron to sharpen iron. And the reality is, is we have to be willing to do that. This is a love. The most loving thing that I can do is to go carefully confront someone. We're going to talk about how to do that. But, but, but I want to give you, because this is God's word. Listen to this. And if they refuse to listen, even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. This is... This is God's word, which I think you probably, a lot of you, and the younger you are, the more you're feeling a pushback on the inside of you. The more you're just kind of going, ugh, that, ugh. But this is God's word and what he's told us to do. So I'm going to do what I've been doing the last couple weeks. I want to give you three prayers to pray. Okay, three prayers to pray as we deal with hypocritical people, as we struggle to try to do this well, because this is tough teaching. This is tough stuff, right? This is, this is like, this is where the fork hits the grits. You know what I'm talking about? Like this, this is, this is either be who he's told us to be or not. Right? And this is where it's not fun and it's not all pretty and easy. This is, this is what it takes. Number one prayer that I want you to pray. When you need to deal with somebody who's being hypocritical. Number one is, God help me confront with the goal of restoration. Help me to confront with the goal of restoration. Galatians 6 and 1. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him. What's the word? What's the word? Gently. So when you go to address someone or when we go to talk to someone about what is going on in their life, here's the question. Is my goal to be right or to make them right with God? 
Because I'll just be honest. More often than not, when I look back over my life, it was to be right. And I'm asking you to be that honest with yourself this morning. There's something that happens that stirs up inside of us that, that we like to be right. Right? And as soon, and it's this hoity thing. We're going to talk about it in just a minute, but it's this thing that stirs up inside of us because I, I like to be right and I know I'm right. But remember what we just said. Truth without grace is mean. One of the fruits of the Spirit is kindness. Right? If we are operating through the Holy Spirit working inside of us, then it will come off kind even if we're dressing something hard. That, that's, that's, that's the goal for me, right? Um, I, was, I was, for a while, um, first couple years of launching this church, I would tell this story, and it was kind of, the, kind of an edgy story now that I look back at it. And, um, and I would tell this story, and it always got laughs, and it, but it would always have a little bit of an uncomfortable, whoa, that's kind of an edgy story. And um, I actually had somebody kind of confront me on it. And, um, and this is how they confronted me on the story. Uh, told the story to a couple people. We walked away. They walked over the side. They looked at me and they go, that was completely inappropriate. Let me ask you, what was going on inside of me? Was I going, A, oh, thank you so much for that correction. Or B, if I had a gun, I would shoot you in the face. Come on, listen, and I'm being real. When somebody comes at you like that, the, the rebellion inside of you just stirs up, right? I mean, the, 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 that's what happens is this, this rebellion thing. And I'm like, that one. And so I, I, I was like, appreciate it. And I kind of did the pastorly nice thing. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, and on the inside, I'm like, I'm going to go tell the story four more times right now. Watch. I told the same, same story not long after that. And um, Mr. Wally came to me. Mr. Wally stopped me in front of the church office. And he said, Pastor, I, hey, I just need to talk to you for a second. I said, yes, sir, whatever you need. He said, Pastor, I have seen so much growth in you. It's been so much fun to be a part of what God's doing in the church. I've seen you grow over the last few years. But this story that you told, I just didn't feel like it was consistent with the witness that you want to have. And I just love you enough that I want to point it out. And man, something inside of me broke. Standing right there in front of the church office. As I looked at my brother, who loved me, right? And wanted to address. And he was exactly right. He was exactly right. It was a little off, it was a little much. But, but the only difference, listen to me, the only difference there was what? The approach. One person wanted to be right, and the other wanted to restore me back to a right relationship with God, or restore me to a place where my witness brought glory to God. Do you understand the difference? Do you see the difference? Like we have to check ourselves, say, God, help me to have the motivation of restoration, not just to be right. And this, listen to me, church, this is why we emphasize small groups. This is why we emphasize small groups. Thursday night at our men's group, man, we talked about some areas where men struggle. It was a, I mean, Brandon can tell you, it was, it was a tough kind of in your face, like men deal with this and men deal with that. And, the, and in that moment to watch these guys go, I do that. I'm dealing with this. I feel this way. I'm struggling with vision or this or that. And the accountability 
right? We all need, because we're all doing this thing every day, hupocrites. I, I pick up the right stick and hold the right mask when I'm at work. And I pick up the right stick and I hold the mask when I'm at church. When the reality is, is we're hurting and we're dealing with stuff inside of us. Right? And so if we're going to help each other, if we're going to help each other in our hypocrisy, it's going to take a heart of restoration, not a heart of being right. Does that make sense? Does that make sense to everybody? James 5 and 19. My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the errors of his ways will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. That's the goal. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we are called to confront each other. But it has to be from a heart of restoration. Right? God, help me. Help me to confront with the goal of restoration. Number two, prayer. I want you to pray. God, help me confront with caution. Help me confront with Caution. So I read a little bit of that Galatians 6. Let me read the rest of it. The first of it says, Brothers, if someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. Check this. But then it goes on and says, But watch yourself. Or you also may be tempted. What does that mean? You may also be tempted. Look at 1 Corinthians 10 and 12. This is Paul writing to the Corinthian church. He says, So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall because when you are confronting someone you are vulnerable to pride that's what i was talking about stirring up inside of us right when we know what's right and we know the right thing here then we get this kind of a thing and all of a sudden we got our christian beat our chest i know i mean come on have you ever felt it if you're honest when, you, when you're correcting someone, when you're correcting our kids, when we're correcting an employee, when we're correcting a fellow believer in that situation, how quickly pride can jump up. Well, guess what pride comes before? Proverbs 16 and 18, pride comes before the fall, right? And so, so we've got to say, hey, God, as I'm dealing with hypocritical people and I'm addressing what's going on in their lives, i got to do it with caution, right? Because I know I feel passionate about this. So here, I thought this through. I'm going to ask you this question. Isn't it weird how somebody will do one thing and you go, oh, that's a shame. And somebody else will do something and you can't stop thinking about it. Like both, both people are being hypocritical. But this one bothers me. Right? They're like there's some of us that certain things, it's, it's like missions, you know? I can, I can talk about homeless ministry and there's some of you that are just like, oh my gosh, we gotta do something. And others are like, eh. And then I can talk about human trafficking. And those who are in the homelessness are like, eh. And the other ones are going, we gotta do something, right? We all, we all have our, and, and it's funny because we do the exact same thing with the hypocrisy in other people's. Why is that? Here's why I think that that's the case. Why are you more sensitive about this particular hypocrisy. Well, there's a real good chance it's because you have struggles there yourself. And our sinful nature loves to highlight someone else as opposed to deal with mine, right? Or the other option is, is possibly you have been greatly affected 
by that particular sin or that particular struggle. In other words, I know somebody that we, that we talked to there is just like Baptist, Baptist, Baptist to the core. And we got into this whole conversation about drinking. And they were just angry. You know, I, and I said, look, as far as that goes, I read in there, the Bible says, do not get drunk. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with somebody has a glass of wine with dinner or something. I don't see that being unbiblical. I think you've got to be very, very, very careful because that's a slippery slope. But, and they lost their mind. Oh, you can't. And, and when it says that Jesus turned the water into wine, it wasn't alcoholic back then. And this and that. Rah, rah, rah. And I'm looking at these people like waiting for their head to spin around and the projectile vomit. You know, until their son told me she was beaten all the years growing up by an alcoholic. See, the reality being is we've got to be careful and check ourselves enough to say the reason maybe this drives me so crazy is because of the effect that that's had on me or because I am actually sensitive to it myself. I have that same particular struggle. Um, pastor Oscar is a, is a, a pastor that just recently, um, he's launching a brand new church, Spanish speaking church. And he came a few weeks, uh, several weeks back, some of you guys remember, and I did an amazing job of making him feel welcome by introducing him to all of you guys as Pastor Alex. But anyway, um, but Pastor Oscar brought his team, and um, and so he, he and his wife took Jen and I out to dinner this past Tuesday night, and he said, Pastor, I don't have any other pastor friends. I need accountability. Will you be my accountability? Will you be like an overseer? Because we have overseers for our church. Will you be an overseer for our church and help me through this process? And I just loved how healthy that that was. Because he has total autonomy right now. Like he's the pastor of this little church and you know what I mean type of deal. We all, we all need to be careful because of how quickly our pride can deal with this. I've had numerous times over the years. In ministry that someone came to me with a correction. Well, Pastor Mike, I need to talk to you. Right? And, 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 and here's what I think you're doing that's inappropriate, or here's what I think you're doing, and, and all this sort of stuff. And over and over again, here's what's happened. Listen, this is, over and over again, what I've seen is, those people end up falling in that same area and they don't go to church anymore. And it's because they came not with a restoration heart, but they came not taking time to recognize why am I so upset about this and why am I dealing with this and I just need to be right. Do you understand how that goes? So when we deal with hypocritical people, here's, here's what I'm asking. God, help me to have a heart of restoration. Like that's, and if I don't have a heart of restoration, can I tell you what you should do? Shut up. <laughs> right? I mean, reality, like, Hush, be quiet, because right now your heart's not right. What's going to come out of your mouth is not healthy. What's going to come out of your mouth is not going to be helpful to that person. And it's probably just going to break relationship. And maybe some of us have broken relationships. Because of us dealing with hypocrisy or something being wrong in the wrong way. Does that make sense? Right? Our heart has to be restoration. And number two, God, help me to do this with caution. Not so much caution that I'm passive. We've gotten past that, right? Right? With a believer, we're supposed to address each other. But we've got to be careful that we don't get caught. Shakespeare, 
Shakespeare, there's a line in Shakespeare talking about Queen Gertrude that says this, the lady dost protest too much, methinks. And I think sometimes that's us. We protest too much because there's something inside of us, right? There's something. And so that leads me to, that reality kind of leads me to our third prayer. And our third prayer, if we're going to deal with hypocritical people out in life and here, number three has to be, hey, God, help me see when I'm the hypocrite. Hey, God, help me see when I'm the hypocrite. See, we are all one of those people at some point. Yes? Probably more regular than, than we want to admit or even recognize. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you blind guides. And boy, did that pierce. I read that in preparation for this. Man, did that pierce my heart to think, would Jesus say that to me? Like, would Jesus say that to us? You blind guides. You're not paying attention to your own hypocrisy. You're just busy fixing the world. Destroying one relationship at a time. In the process, right? God, help me to see the hypocrisy in my own life. David, <laughs> the man after God's own heart, right? Remember, King David is the man after God's own heart. And King David goes out one day on the roof, right? And it's, the, it's, a, it's an ancient world version of pornography. Goes out on the roof, looks down, sees Bathsheba bathing. Right? Woo, she looks good. Sends somebody to go get her. Brings her back. He's the king. He sleeps with her. Gets her pregnant. Takes her husband. Puts him on the front line. In essence, getting him murdered. He's killed. And there was a prophet. (laughs) There's a prophet named Nathan who comes to him just like what I'm talking about. Here's what Nathan says to him. 2 Samuel 12. David burned with anger against this man. So Nathan tells a story. Here's the story. Nathan comes to David. He says, King, let me tell you a story. There's two men. One man is just loaded. Like he's, he's got lambs and lambs and lambs. Like that was a currency for them, right? And then there's this other guy. He's got one lamb. And this lamb is like a pet. It's like his best friend. And they see this poor guy that needs something. So the rich guy takes the poor guy's lamb, kills it, and gives it to the poor guy. This is the story Nathan tells David. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this deserves to die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and he had no pity. And then Nathan said to David, you are the man. Hypocrisy is very real because we are sinners. (laughs) Amen. Like we, we stink. (laughs) Without Jesus, without the Holy Spirit, we're so fleshly. We're so, we, we, we are needy. (laughs) We talked about week one, right? We're, we manipulate and, and, and we're hypocritical. 
And so we are called to love each other as Christian brothers and bring correction to hypocrisy. But if we're going to do it in the healthiest way, I got to look inside of me first. And so I'm praying today that maybe the Holy Spirit brings some conviction to each one of us because he has to me all week long. About the, the hypocrisy. Pretty funny because uh, at the Dream Team Appreciation Dinner, we gave everybody Church of the Lakes window decals for their car. And if you come through Life Steps now, we give them out in step two and you get a window decal from Church of the Lakes. And my wife said, <laughs> that's a new accountability tool. <laughs> right? <laughs> the moment you're going to start yelling at that person in the left lane and blow them and then pass them by. <laughs> Church of the Lakes. <laughs> But listen, we, we cannot consider ourselves a godly person and continue looking at pornography. It's hypocrisy. You cannot be a godly woman, but everywhere you go, you put down your husband. It's hypocrisy. You cannot be a godly person and go and continue to get drunk. It's hypocrisy. We all need to approach this topic with great care. Amen. Hypocrisy is a very real issue because we are all sinful and extremely selfish in so much of what we do. We do need to confront hypocrisy within the body of Christ. But how we do this, we need to pray first. Amen. And maybe the prayer looks like this. Psalm 51, 10. Create in me a pure heart, O God. Mm. Create in me a pure heart, O God. So busy trying to fix everybody else's heart. So busy trying to fix everybody else's decisions and marriages. And Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Found one more verse this morning. The Holy Spirit gave to me this morning. Second Corinthians 3 and 18, it says this. And we all who with unveiled faces, no masks, right? With unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is you know what that is the, the big theological term is called sanctification in other words that as we seek him and as we are in his presence that we are made more and more his glory we give him glory in what we do ever increasing we're getting better and better and better that is the process no one has arrived no one is in that place that they're perfect. Come hang out at my house. You will see imperfection. This afternoon. Right? So can we get real today? Can, 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 can we get real with us today? God, show me my hypocrisy. Show me where I, I love you with my lips. But I don't walk the walk. 
Because I know I spend a lot of time looking at other people and judging other people and making comments. I know my wife and I sit home and talk about other parents and the way they parent. Like we do these things. But in me, God, create a clean heart in me. Amen? Can I invite you to pray that prayer this morning? Can I invite you and say, Holy Spirit, it's a dangerous prayer. It's, it's a dangerous prayer, I'll warn you, right? Because if, sh- if, you, if you want him to show you hypocrisy, he'll show you. <laughs> so get ready, <laughs> right? Let me get, get ready to respond to that or address that. And don't go, no, 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 no. God wants to do something because he wants to have ever-increasing glory that's brought to him through your life because of your submission to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Amen? And let me pray for you this morning. God, we are so silly. <laughs> we, we think we're so smart. And we think because we've got a few Christian words that we can throw at something, it, it makes us sound like we've got it together or we're smart and all. And, and there's not a person in here who is not completely and de- totally dependent upon you. Anything that we've put our hand to that is good is because you have given it to us. It's not my house, it's your house. It's not my business, it's your business. This is not Mike's church, this is Jesus' church. So we ask, we pray in this moment. It's a scary prayer, but we're asking, Holy Spirit, show me where there is hypocrisy inside of me. Create a clean heart inside of me that I may be able to, in a healthy way, help my brothers and sisters and bring restoration and not hurt and pain in the way that I deal with hypocrisy. And with your your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if there's anybody here and you've never given your heart to Jesus, I just want you to know you can come just like you are. You don't have to get cleaned up. He loves you right where you are and he wants better for your life. It's just a matter of surrendering your heart and accepting the fact that he died on the cross for all of your sins and they're forgiven. And it's as simple as you pray in a simple prayer of confessing him as Lord and committing your life to try to live as best you can figure out today. Let's do this real quick. As the prayer team's coming, would you stand? And I just uh, ask Marcus just to, to, to lead us a little bit. And let's, uh, let's just sing this song. Uh, it's already rattling in my head as I was talking there. Come on, lead us in this. In this your breath, in our love. So we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you. One more time, sing that to him. It's your breath yeah, come on. in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. Pour out our praise is your breath in our lungs. So we pour out. 